Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast. This is our post-game version with Jeff Schiller, M Hoops One at the Wolverine.com. And Jeff, stunning loss, really. 67 to 65. Michigan blows an 11 point second half lead. A few things that we can point to. Number one, your freshman played like freshman. Everybody talks about Caleb Houston. And I remember Phil Martelli, Michigan's assistant coach, telling me, hey, if we can get Franz Wagner-type numbers out of Caleb Houston in his first year, we would be ecstatic. Did not get those today. I think he was one for nine. Missed every one of his triples, I think four of them, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't looked at the box score. And then the defense in the second half gave up way too many looks. I thought the communication was off. They had a hard time keeping guys in front of them. We're leaving shooters, trading twos for threes, and basically that was what doomed them this game. Yeah, it was partially that, Chris. The other part of it was that Seton Hall pounded the glass in the second half and got nine offensive rebounds, and they had one at the half and uh, pretty much converted on virtually every one of them, uh, including one where they had a three, three different shots and wound up making a key three on the third one. Um, you're right. The newcomers and, I'll, and, and the people who haven't played much played badly. Uh, Eli Brooks played really well. Hunter Dickinson played really well. There isn't anybody else out there on Michigan that played really well tonight or even adequately well. Uh, the defense is much better when Brandon Johnson's in the game, but the offense wasn't good with Brandon Johnson in the game because he kept making turnovers or passing up shots or doing things that he didn't need to do. Uh, Terrence Williams uh, was manhandled on the glass. Caleb Houston and Kobe Bufkin consistently lost men in rotations defensively, and Houston uh, didn't score either. Uh, Devontae Jones uh, had some nice moments and had 12 rebounds, but he also had some bad turnovers, and the two fouls he committed down the stretch against Bryce Aiken were awful, just awful. You can't make those fouls. You can't follow a guy. 40 feet for the basket, up one, a great free throw shooter, 40 feet for the basket, up one with a minute and a half to play. No, you just can't. You're absolutely right. And uh, he was a disappointment. There's no question about it. People in the in the locker room, assistant coaches, everybody else saying, hey, this is going to be an upgrade over Mike Smith. And we've heard that for a long time. It wasn't tonight. and But people have to remember, Mike Smith, I think, scored two points against Oakland this time last year. Uh, two points in an overtime win. So these games happen. I think Jones is better than that. Uh, he's going to have to be better than that. But I've said it when I saw him this summer. Jeff, that if people try to get into him, they're going to maybe fluster him a little bit. He had four turnovers in each of the the NBA combine, the G League combine games that he played when people were getting up in his grill. So he's not the best ball handler out there. And in fact, I think at one point you said he looks more like a two guard than a one, except he's not a great shooter. So to me, that's where it starts. And I think that teams are probably going to bring that strategy against Michigan that and allowing them to shoot and proving that they can shoot the three for much of the year. Uh, in part, I mean, I think Eli handled ball handling responsibilities and responsibilities uh, in uh, the uh, ball screen game very well tonight. Uh, you can play uh, with Eli in the ball screen game for much of the game. What you can't do is have a guy who is supposed to be a defensive player get lost on defense and commit bad fouls. This is now the second game out of three that Devontae Jones has either been in serious foul trouble in a big game 
or has fouled out in a big game. And they don't have depth at the guard spot yet. Kobe Bufkin had a nice couple of minutes in the first half and then got completely lost defensively in the second half. Uh, when uh, Michigan got up nine or so and had a chance to break the game open and um, he ball watched and just missed his guy wide open in the corner. Uh, those are the kind of things that Michigan's going to have to live with for a while. Uh, they're just too many breakdowns, too many mistakes. Yeah, I think Hunter Dickinson had, what, 17 or 18 points, but I didn't think he got enough touches there in the second half. And uh, part of it was he was commanding a little bit more attention. Um, but really the biggest disappointment, and you brought it up, was the nine offensive rebounds on the other end. That can't happen, and that's an effort thing. And Howard brought that up, and he's talking about – when he's talking about – effort areas and rebounding. And we heard this in the first game when they played Wayne state in an exhibition and he said that that's unacceptable. So I'm guessing that it's going to be an ugly film session and there's going to be a lot of hard work because that can't happen. And, uh, and then the second point you brought up about Brandon Johns, I keep waiting for this kid to turn the corner, but at some point you got to say, okay, he is who he is. He pulled up, he, he bailed on a three to move up and take a two and left it about two feet short. And I'm thinking that's a completely a confidence thing. This kid has got a beautiful jump shot. He doesn't have the confidence to go with it. And I think that's going to be a problem for him for the rest of his career. It may be. The problem is, and this is, this is where I think Michigan will get better as the season goes on. Right now, you've got three guys at the four and all of them have deficiencies. Johns is by far the best defensive player in the group for all that Musa Dibate blocked shots. He also had a, a, a makes mistakes, including one in the first half coming out of a timeout where he tried to intercept an inbounds pass, missed it, and gave his man a wide open three. Um, Terrence Williams plays hard, but Terrence Williams is 6'5", and he's not a great athlete. And part of what happened in the second half was Williams was in and got hammered on the glass. When Johns went out, they hammered them on the glass. On the other hand, when Johns was in, they had trouble scoring. And the Abate completely blows spacing on the offensive end. He does great things, and he'll get better. But at the end of the day, right now, they have an issue in terms of they're incomplete at that spot. And that would be okay if Jones and Houston were playing well, but they're not. And you can't be in a situation where you've got two guys playing well and three guys with issues. Yeah, I agree with that. And also you need more shooters. And when Houston's not shooting, this team's going to struggle. Who are your other shooters on the floor? And to me, that's uh, that's a big problem. And that's something you look at Jawan Howard's recruiting and you think, okay, are they going to, are they addressing it in future recruiting classes? And I'm not seeing it. And you wonder at what point do you say, okay, maybe you go to the transfer portal, but you need more shooters on the floor in this day and age, Jeff. And, uh, and like you said, when Houston, who is supposedly, supposedly your elite shooter, uh, puts up an offer, you're not going to win very many games. But who's number two out there? Besides Eli Brooks, who's oh, obviously, Brooks. yeah, come on, yeah. strong. But uh, other than that, man, you, you're going to need a couple more guys. Who are those guys going to be? Jones? Uh, somebody on the message board said his stroke is broken. His stroke is not broken. The kid can shoot the ball a little bit. But beyond that, you don't have a whole lot of guys there that you say, okay, this guy can really light it up and, and give us a three. We can drop a play for him. Well, Bufkin, Bufkin can shoot the ball uh, if he if he can play defense in a way that, that he needs to play. Right. Uh, and, frankly, I think that uh, he hasn't uh, 
you know, his form isn't great, but Terrence Williams is four for eight to start the year from three. It's right. not as if he's not shooting the ball. It's not as if you could leave him wide, uh, wide open. So I don't think this is a great shooting team. It's certainly not one of the beeline teams or even the last year's team where Michigan has four guys who can shoot the ball from distance. On the other hand, think about it this way. The team that went to the finals in 2018, uh, Beeline's next to last year, had three bad shooters on the court at any one time. Right. Xavier Simpson couldn't shoot, and Charles Matthews couldn't shoot, and John Teske could. I mean, Mo Wagner could shoot, but uh, when Teske came into the game, he couldn't shoot. Uh, they had a lot of people who absolutely could not shoot the ball, and they managed somehow to do it by playing defense. And I thought this was going to be the same game, that we were going, Michigan was going to win the game playing defensively well, even though the offense is going to be a work in progress for a while. It's just that the defense broke down in the second half. Uh, Michigan gave up 39 points in the second half to a team which is not great offensively. And that was the difference of the game. Yeah, it certainly was that in the uh, the rebounding. And part of that was when they got beat, uh, they were in recovery mode a lot. And some of those rebounds, some of them were bad luck, Jeff. Let's be honest, you know, bad bounces, things like that. Juwan Howard won't use that as an excuse. Um, But at the other, you know, at other times you had help coming over and guys just weren't bodying up. Right. And, uh, and that needs to change. It absolutely needs to change. But uh, I think we've seen some of the warts now on this team. People are going to panic. Uh, this is a solid Seton Hall team, a veteran team. They hit some shots. They hit some tough shots in the first half, Jeff, with hands in their oh, yeah. face. And this was a two-point game. So it's basically it could go either way. Uh, the biggest concerns are, you know, is, De- is Devontae Jones going to be better? And I think he will be. Um, you know, he's just getting started. And that's something that Eli Brooks said in the post game. He said, you know, our communication on defense wasn't good and we're still learning. We're still learning how to communicate with each other and do some things out there on the floor, which was very clear because they were scrambling for much of the second half right in front of us there on press row. So uh, but it needs to be better. But you don't push the panic button. There's still a lot of talent on this team. This is still a good basketball team. Oh, no, no question. I mean, they're. They play. They shot the ball extremely badly. Uh, if you know, leave aside everybody else. If Houston and Brooks were their two shooters who went zero for eight, one for eight from three, go two for eight or three for eight, which would be what you would normally expect. It's a completely different game. Uh, at the end of the first half, uh, they run a fantastic play for uh, Houston to get a shot out of the quarter in the waiting seconds. Uh, it kind of looked like, I mean, it wasn't quite the same because there wasn't a drive under the basket, but they ran the same kind of play that they ran at the end of that first half against Michigan State a few years ago. Uh, right. The game where Michigan blew out the first half. Houston is 10 feet alone in the corner and missed everything. Yep. Uh, he looked like as much as he's played against elite-level competition at the high school level, he got sped up tonight. He was... Uh, rushing shots. He was looking around for people to come over and block his shot. He just didn't look comfortable out there. And, uh, you know, he's necessary. You're, you're not going to win a lot of games if you're Michigan when Caleb Houston scored four points. You're just not. Nope. And I'm wondering, you know, you talk about all the NBA draft projections and uh, he's got to show more game in my opinion especially if he's not shooting well 
we need to see more from him. He's, he's shown glimpses of it, but I never thought in looking at him as a true freshman or as a senior, because he's young. Everybody forgets that he, he moved up too. He reclassified. Right. Everybody forgets how young he is, but I never, he never screamed one and done to me. So uh, I guess that's the plus side the upside. And I ex- fully expect him to get much better and to shoot the ball a lot better too. This kid's way too good a shooter. To, uh, to go through a slump like that. But, Jeff, uh, your thoughts on this team going forward on Friday night? What do you think against UNLV and in the tournament? Uh, they should beat UNLV. Uh, UN, I mean, it's it's at UNLV, and that's going to be a problem. And it's 1230 at night, Eastern time, 1230 in the morning, Eastern time, which is a problem for kids on Eastern time. But they're kids, and they certainly are better than uh, UNLV. Uh Probably Arizona in the finals is a tough game. Again, you're going to be playing. If you win, you're going to be playing late at night. Uh, you know, they've got some games that, they, that they're going to play that are going to be tests coming up. They've got those games. They've got uh, North Carolina coming up. They've got San Diego State coming up, which plays great defense. Uh, uh, and they start the Big Ten. Uh, this is not the same team that you will see in February or March, uh, the panic button is, is not something that anybody needs to hit at this point. But there are concerns. Uh, one of the concerns that people have ex- expressed that didn't seem to be a problem tonight is everybody shot well from free throw, the free throw line. Right. So that wasn't an issue. Uh, uh, and the turnovers, while there were a bunch of unsightly ones late, they only had 11 turnovers for the game. So it's not as if they turned the ball over a ton. What they stopped doing is getting good shots, and particularly when Dickinson was off the floor, uh, they had no offensive flow whatsoever. No, I mean, absolutely no offensive flow whatsoever. Uh, and that was okay in the first half. Again, they got some runouts, but when they stopped crashing the offensive gl- the, the defensive glass, not only did Seton Hall get additional points, but Seton Hall prevented Michigan from getting into transition, which made them into a, uh, a half-court team. I agree with you that Dickinson didn't touch the ball enough and didn't shoot the ball enough. On the other hand, when the other team is playing two and three guys on him, uh, that's an issue. Certainly more shooters would help. Certainly guys who could drive and get to the lane and finish would help. Uh, I think they got a little spooked in the first half when uh, Seton Hall Center kept blocking shots, uh, there were guys who wouldn't go to the basket yep. and wouldn't finish or, or got intimidated. Uh, you know, one of the plays that was you know, sort of symptomatic of the game, even though Michigan scored anyway, was the play with about a minute to go where Brandon Johns posted up, made a great move, got spooked by their center, and left, left a one-foot shot short. Yep. Now Dickinson got the rebound and made the two free throws, so it didn't cost them. But it was evident that everybody on the team, with the exception of Dickinson and Eli Brooks, was intimidated. Yep, no doubt. It's Jeff Schiller. I'm Hoops One on the message boards. Jeff, we will talk uh, later in the week and the weekend about uh, Michigan UNLV and some other games. Appreciate you being with me. All right, thanks, Chris.